Welcome to the Left Hook Larry podcast. I'm Greg Checklin, and I'll be joined alongside Ewan Chapman. This week, we decided to record our live reaction to the Josh Kelly fight. I hope you enjoy. Okay, well, this time we actually decided to record a live reaction to what's just happened. Um, Josh Kelly has been stopped while the towel was thrown in by Adam Booth. Um, yeah, I, this is really interesting. I mean, I think I had Josh um, one round up at the time, but it was clear uh, from the start of that round. And, and well, sort of, I think the tide slowly started turning after maybe round two or three. Um, Josh just started to fade and uh, David just kept, kept Avanessian just kept marching forward and uh, Josh didn't have an answer for it and that was uh, all she wrote um, yeah geez that was a, a hell of a fight and I really enjoyed it but oh it's very very sad for Josh it's difficult to see how he uh, how he carries on from here because you know if he's not ready for sort of European level then I, I don't really know what what Adam Booth's, Adam Booth's plans are for him. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, obviously we were messaging each other during the fight and yeah, the the flashy style of Josh Kelly, it looks so good early. He's so sharp early. He hits with such a nice clean jab and that you saw that left hook Larry, it was perfect every time and turned off with it. But it's unsustainable, and he saw that even in the in the third round, he was starting to look really, really tired. And uh, and as a, for a twelve round fight, how often do you see like twelve round fighters tired or seriously tired in the third round? Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I picked up on it. Yeah, I like. I don't know if yeah. you saw. I think it was end of round five when he was sat on his stool. I noticed how heavy he was breathing. I was like, "Oh god, that's not good." Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously his style looks great, like you said, but it's clearly so taxing to be on the back foot dancing around like he does and staying on like on the outside all the time. Um, yeah, it, and to be sort of as quick as he is as well. Um, it, it's, it's sort Greg, of, he's not built for 12 round fights is he really Greg, Greg he's got the perfect style for the amateurs but the thing was he wasn't even that good of an amateur obviously he went to the Olympics but he lost in the second uh, the first or second round of the Olympics like his style is so suited to just three minute rounds like mm. three three minute rounds it's not suited to 12 three minute rounds and like no. it was it, it became obvious i think i was talking to my brother i was talking to uh my friends from boxing as well and everyone seemed to say he's just gonna fade because it's so obvious you can see mm. how laboring it was on him and yeah, yeah. that's all we saw and then you know <laughs> a man that can outwork him as you saw with the ray robinson fight back in new york as soon as you can outwork him down the stretch it's it doesn't yeah. become that hard of a fight yeah, and I think like just going back to sort of my amazing prediction that Josh Kelly would obviously win this fight 
Um, You're coming no, through with I, great I, predictions. No, no, to be fair, I didn't. Well, what I actually said was <laughs> just to be just to clarify that if he was <laughs> oh, able to, if he if he was able to fight at his best. <laughs> Um, then I think he would win, and I still stand by that. But he only fights for his best for one round, um, and you know, I mean, like obviously you saw in round two. I mean, if he was able to fight like that in every round, he he would have won easily. But that's just not he's not consistent enough to be at that sort of world class level. Whereas somebody like David Evanesian, you saw how um, how consistent he was throughout the rounds, um, even I guess starting a bit slowly to just pro- progressively get better and better and his style, the way it sort of works, you know, into sort of longer fights. Um, that's what's missing, you know. It's, it's all right having, you know, or being able to fight like that for, for one round if you can finish, if you can get the other guy out there. But if you can't, then what next? And uh, there w- really wasn't sort of anything else that, that Josh could do after that point. Um, yeah, he's not powerful enough to sort of fight like that in a way. Um, you know, if he's a guy that's going to get everyone out there, in, you know, in two or three rounds, then you'd sort of say, okay, go for it, take that risk. But um, he hasn't got the power to do that. So it's a difficult, yeah, it's a difficult one to see like how he's going to be able to adapt that style in the future if yeah. he's able to sort of fight at this level again. Yeah, and and you were calling me out in the in the pre-fight analysis, uh, Greg, when I was saying that this is too far of a step up you know i was saying that david avenue avenue too good for for uh, josh kelly at this point and you were saying oh we don't know, don't know i told you he needs to stick at a domestic level for now he's 10 fights deep he we've not seen him in these massive like mm. long round fights we should have seen him fight against domestic level opponents and, and mm. i mean the, uh, but the thing is like so saying from that <laughs> Watching that performance for me, and I'm I'm sure you'd probably hear me here that Conor Ben would have beat Josh Kelly easy off off of that that fighter there because Conor Ben could yeah. I in my opinion could have weathered that early storm and then came back and beat yeah. Um, yeah. beat Josh Kelly in the later rounds. So yeah. so right really where does Josh Josh Kelly go? Like what do we say? Like what does he do now? Does he stick at domestic level? Does he fight Conor Ben? Does he? What does he well, do? Well, I think the reason he might stick at domestic level is because that might be where he belongs. Because you know, if he if he can't fight at European level, then then I guess domestic level is the level. Um, but it's sort of be- like bewildering to watch him fight and some of the skills he's got and some of the rounds he produces to look at him and call him a domestic level fighter. Doesn't seem to do him, doesn't seem to do him any justice, and yet that might genuinely be his level, um, which is sort of pretty astounding, really, when you when you look at how he fights. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm, look, I did say to you, even after first round, I was like, even though he won that, obviously won first round pretty comfortably and looked good, it just even I can tell like how open he leaves himself. Um, you know, you can afford to do that against um, opposition that aren't as good as as Avanesian. And um, unfortunately, when you come up at this level, you can't afford to sort of, you know, leave, leave, leave your hands down that low. I just feel like he's not good enough to do that. And certainly he hasn't got the gas tank to sort of rely on his reflexes for 12 rounds. That's just never going to work out at sort of European or world level, I don't think. 
No. And and that's it. Like, I think you've hit the nail on the head perfectly there. Like, he has the skill set of a world-class fighter, but he just doesn't have the full game of a world-class fighter. And it's... Mm. And, and literally, it's exactly what we said before. It's a gym fighter. It's a... It's yeah. like one of those guys that you'll see doing certain things and you think they are unstoppable. But on fight night, when it becomes fight IQ, it becomes stamina. It becomes, like tenacity and commitment and just pure like just like the dog in the fight he just doesn't have the whole package and it's really it's a shame it really is a shame because like skill wise he probably is like levels above the rest of the guys in mm. the lightweight division but in every other department they all they all beat him what so, did you think of um adam booth throwing the towel in do you think it was at the right moment would you have let it go longer or no, I, I I was surprised. I, I was surprised. And I, I was just wanting to see how that whole thing played out. But I think, you know, like we saw last week when Josh Warrington obviously took more of the beating than he needed to, it was... Yeah. It probably reflected on that, and and Adam Booth's there thinking, you know, I don't want to see my guy taking too much of a batter yeah. in here, um, and it was clearly starting to fade away from him. So, like, but but then we don't even know what the what the referee would have done coming out of that situation anyway, because yeah. you know. Um, Josh had gone down. It, yeah. We didn't, we didn't yeah. know how it was going to go. So maybe Adam Booth was just saving face there. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, it's because uh, on, on, on one level, it's sort of like. I was. It surprised me because it did. I think first time I saw it looked a little bit early. I think particularly coming from Adam Booth, who has obviously put his heart and soul into this guy and has, has touted him as being the next best thing, to sort of not believe that he would be able to get through that adversity was that, that sort of surprised me. Not saying it's a wrong decision, but that sort of surprised me. Um, but then actually, sort of when I, when they showed the replay of it, I think one thing that you'll notice straight away is um, as soon as he gets, so when he gets knocked down the first time, um, we saw his, well, his hands go down or whatever. It was sort of a kind of a knockdown. Um, and then he sort of like regathers himself. As soon as the, the referee sort of says, you know, continue, um, Josh doesn't move. He literally stands completely still and covers up. Um, and so, I mean, that's almost like you're quitting the fight at that point, aren't you? For you know, the fact that he was just standing still, essentially waiting to get hit, um, is never a good sign. So, I think from that moment, it was clear that Josh didn't want to continue fighting. Um, and so, I think it wasn't going to get any better from there on. Really, you know, you'd hope to see him sort of take a step into the center and at least show to the referee that he was actually willing to continue. Um, but as soon as he sort of just stopped there, I thought, oh, yeah, that's probably it now then, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I think probably it was the right decision. Yeah. Well, the rumours that I'd heard post-fight, and I think I'd heard this a few months ago, was that Josh Kelly has never been, like, 100% into his boxing. And that's, like, for me, that kind of performance becomes apparent that that is the case because you see where fighters it means everything to them they, they're not willing to quit and that josh kelly performance although it, you can say it's not i think it's kind of related to like you see with conor mcgregor like they don't need to fight they're, they're not 100 focused on on just the sport they're not, not just focused on their craft so when it comes down to that moment of pure do i just stick this out and ride the wave or do I just give up? 
you know, those in those moments, the people that aren't one hundred percent committed do do quit. And I think mm. um, I think that was that was what you saw there. He, he clearly wasn't one hundred percent committed, and and uh, that that is what we've been told. So maybe we shouldn't listen to it. Maybe we shouldn't listen to it. Yeah, um, I think yeah, just th- that sort of style though. When somebody is marching you down and just like yeah grinding you down like like ava did um you, you sort of not there really isn't an answer to that if you if you can't find a way to sort of outbox someone on the back foot and they're just you know constantly marching forward and hitting you with great shots it's like it's probably one of the sort of clearest um examples of when you should throw a towel in i think really um yeah. because it's just going to get worse and worse but, um, uh, well, think, well, you say uh, that, the, Greg, but there's there's great examples where that has happened and, you know, fighters have fought back. I, I think about Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Morales and, like, mm. Manny Pacquiao started to get walked down, especially in the, uh, in the second fight. And it's just about are you willing mm. to stand there and fight that man? And yeah, um, Josh Collins fairly obviously isn't. That's fair enough. But I think, obviously, with the, with the sort of golfing class as well, um but yeah no i take your point i take your point i think another sort of massive downside to this now is that that really sets out a blueprint for other fighters who fight josh in the future i mean now he's got that loss they know exactly how to beat him and that's never an easy thing you know when your sort of weaknesses get laid out there for everyone to see um yeah and i mean anyone fighting um josh now at even at domestic level will say, uh, if I can just walk him down and sort of take him into deep waters in like, you know, round six or seven, then I should have his number. And that's really not a good thing for Josh. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's obviously going to have to find, try and find a way to fix that or stop that. Or I don't know who knows what Adam Booth's plans are for him now. No. Um, yeah. Well, here you go, Weird Greg. One. We, we, we haven't heard, oh, I mean, I haven't listened to what he said post-fight because obviously we recorded this, but obviously Josh Kelly looked so massive at the weight. If he moved up to super welterweight, there's so many huge fights at a domestic level. You think about Scott Fitzgerald, Anthony Fowler, Ted Cheeseman, Sam Eggington, um, and, and that's just to name a few of the boys. Like, realistically, you chuck um, Josh Kelly up into that weight division fucking hell we could have some great fights mm. he he like if, if if he is that big and that's what he's thinking because obviously he looked massive as a welterweight that the, the, like even if he's not going to be able to go to a world level at, at a domestic level they they would be some amazing fights so maybe that maybe that saves his career and, and realistically all those fights would make him plenty of money so um mm. maybe that's the way to go yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe Calbrook. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't even give Josh Josh a, a chance there because as soon as Cal rides the first four rounds, then it seems like it's, it's all plain sailing. Uh, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, I mean, this has been this has been lovely. And I've had a great time. Um, Are you ready I don't for really have now, any, Greg? I don't really have anything else to say on the fight other than it was great. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a wake-up call for Josh, I think. Um, but I just hope that he can sort of find a way to, to improve and learn from this. Um, 
and yeah, maybe we'll sort of see a better Josh Kelly in the future, but certainly a very interesting night and very worrying night if you're a Josh Kelly fan. Um, I don't know how many of you there are because he's not the most likable character, I think, <laughs> but um, I'm sure there are some big Josh Kelly fans out there listening to the pod. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you very much for listening to the Left Up Larry podcast. We'll be trying to put a podcast out every single week. I hope you have a great day.